doing some studies on prayer, and tonight we want to look at uh, prayer is about reverencing. Uh, we looked at uh, this passage in uh, Matthew 6, uh, and, and we previously called it the pattern of prayer. Instead of looking at the whole prayer, as we did in that study, we're looking at it phrase by phrase. Uh, it's sometimes called the model prayer. Um, not necessarily the Lord's Prayer, as it is often thought of, but uh, uh, you really find the Lord's Prayer in John chapter 16, is it? Uh, I believe. And uh, this is just the Lord teaching his disciples uh, how to pray. And we are looking at uh, this phrase by phrase. And the first uh, phrase we looked at last time was, Our Father which art in heaven. And it speaks about our relationship uh, to God. Uh, when we truly grasp the fact that God is our Father, uh, it will create a desire within our hearts to worship Him and glorify Him. And not only the desire, but the peace and the rest. Uh, that's what we talked about last time, that prayer is about resting. It's not going to God, bringing our hands and saying, Oh, me, oh, my, what, am, what are we going to do, God? You know, But it's going to our Father, knowing that He can answer and provide for us uh, like a child should go to their father. Um, so we have a father in heaven to whom we can bring our prayers. And so it's also fitting that the next phrase deals with the idea of reverencing God in our worship and in our walk as we uh, come to him in prayer. So the next phrase we will look at is, Hallowed be thy name. Now, the Bible uses this word, hallowed, and it means to render or acknowledge or to be venerable or hallow, to be separate from profane things, to be dedicated to God. Uh, there are other aspects to the meaning, uh, and it's used to refer to things and to people considered to be holy. Uh, for instance, the vessels of worship used in the tabernacle uh, that uh, were considered to be hallowed. Uh, the holy of holies in the tabernacle, the temple was a hallowed place, a holy place. Uh, the priests were to be hallowed. Uh, they were to be holy. Uh, the firstborn male was hallowed. Many things in Jewish life were set apart for God and thus they were hallowed or separated unto him for his use. But we're not talking about people here or places or things. We're referring to God himself. He is said to be hallowed. That means he is separate from sin and from sinners. Hebrews 7 and verse 26 says, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. He is set apart far above the defilements of the world. Habakkuk 1.13, Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Uh, he is declared to be thrice holy uh, by the angelic host in Isaiah 6.3, where he says, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And then we have that same uh, explanation 
in Revelation 4 and verse 8, Holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. So since he's holy and set apart, he's worthy of our love, our devotion, our worship, and he alone deserves glory and power and honor. And again in Revelation 4.11, it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And that's the message that we find in these four little words. Hallowed be thy name. They're designed to teach us the truth that prayer is about reverencing God. Because God is my Father, I can rest in his presence. I can pray in confidence knowing he will hear me and answer my prayers. But because he's holy, I'm to come into his presence with a reverential attitude. These four small words in this section carry a very big message. So let's consider just briefly tonight that prayer is about reverencing. What does that phrase, hallowed be thy name, speak about? First of all, it speaks about a description. Again, the phrase, hallowed be thy name, tells us something about the character of God. In fact, the names revealed in the word of God reveal his character to us. The only way we can know God is through the many names by which he has revealed himself to us. His names tell us who he is. Really not sufficient time to go through all the uh, that we can learn about his names, but he's commonly known by the name Jehovah. It's a name by which he revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 3. Uh, there we're, told, we're told there this main means, I am that I am. That phrase literally means, I will become what I please. And the word translated, I am, uh, is a word that literally means the becoming one. He, it speaks of God as one who, whose will is supreme, whose purposes are certain, and his word is unalterable. Now, we talked about this a little bit last time. I gave you some of the names of, of the Lord uh, that have to do with Jehovah. Here's a more complete list. Uh, the name took many forms over the years. Another facet of God's character would be revealed to his people. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide or the Lord will see to it. Jehovah Nessai, the Lord is our banner or our victory. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord is our righteousness. Uh, Jehovah Rohi is the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Rapka, uh, the Lord is our healer. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. The Jehovah Sebathoth, the Lord host or the Lord of battles. Jehovah Elion, the Lord most high. Jehovah Makedish, the Lord is our sanctifier. So you can see all these names 
which is a wonderful study, and we're not really giving it full treatment as we were just mentioning it, but I'm, my point is this. It just gives us the character of God. You know, we just, if we just use the word God, it doesn't tell us all there is about him that we should know. That's why the Bible gives us all these names. If you go on, you can find other names like Elohim, which is, means God, or El Shaddai, uh, the all-sufficient one, the almighty God, or Adonai means Lord, and here we have just simply Father. And that's a name that should bless our hearts. He's called by many names. One of the greatest names is Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the God who took upon himself human flesh, was born into this world, died on the cross for sinners. His names reveal who he is and what he does for his people. And when we enter into his presence in prayer, we're to take time to worship and to honor and to praise him for who he is. So many times when we come to prayer, we want to get right to, Lord, give me this, or Lord, I need this, or Lord, help me do this. We don't take time to really worship him and honor him for who he is. Now we are to lift our hearts, our soul, and our voice to the one who is God, to the one who loved us, who saved us, keeps us, cares for us. Take time to reverence him and honor his hallowed name. The next thing it does, it speaks about decision. Decision. When we come before the Lord in prayer, we face a decision. Now, we can either focus our prayers around ourselves, or we can center our thoughts on Him. Uh, the phrase, hallowed be thy name, expresses a desire on the part of the prayer to bow before the Lord in humble submission and reverence. Often, that's why we bow our heads, you know, when we pray. Or that you may pray at home, you may, you may get on your knees if you can get up. That's one thing us older folks need to do, is always find and have a way to get up if we get down, okay? Remember that, John. For some people even prostrate themselves on the, before him. And uh, so it, it's, it's a matter of, of we're going to worship him. To hallow his name means we're giving him first place in our thoughts, our affections, our lives, and expresses a desire to honor him by our words and by our lives. It expresses a desire that he might be honored by those who do not know him. Now, we can learn much about the reverencing of God by looking at the Jewish practices in the past. The ancient Jews had such a reverence for the name of God, they would not even pronounce his name out loud. They feared they might use the name in vain. And so they would be guilty of blasphemy. Jewish scribes who were engaged in the practice of copying the word of God were so respectful of his hallowed name that they would wash their entire body and change their pens before they wrote his name. And after they had written his name, they would destroy the quill so that it would not be profaned by writing a lesser word. 
Many times when referring to God, the Jews simply referred to the name. Now we need to learn the same degree of reverence for the hallowed name of God in our day. I'm afraid that many people, including Christians, do not really reverence the name of God as they should. I'm just going to put a few words up here that maybe, and I'm not pointing any fingers here, but uh, when people use words like gosh and golly and gee and gee whiz and cripes and criminy and geez, those are all derived from the names of God and Jesus. I read this definition, gosh, golly, and gee, specifically avoid blasphemy. Blasphemy involves the language that shows contempt or irreverence towards sacred things. You know, God. We also often refer to swear words as profanity, a word which historically referred to an irreverent, contemptuous attitude towards the sacred. Remember that little song, Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say? I think that's something we need to think about. How many times have we heard, oh God, or oh my God, or OMG when they were texting, right? Even the word Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Christ, Jesus Christ, God Almighty. The way it's used is just very disrespectful, irreverent. Many, many others we could go through. But even Christians are guilty of saying things like this. Oh, Lord. Or, oh, God. My God. I think we have to admit we've done it. And yet we don't think about what we're saying because it's degrading the Lord's name just to throw it around casually. His name is to be hallowed. It's to be treated with respect. Now, some of these things have gotten to be habits for people. They don't even think about what they say. Exclaiming about something. And they use God's name in a very, you know, irreverent way. Well, we get the picture, don't we? His name is to be hallowed. We must make the personal decision to do that when we pray and when we even... Uh, talk to others. See, no one can hallow his name for you. You and I must learn to reverence, respect the holiest name so that we do not enter in a disrespectful way into his presence. So to, become, uh, to come before the throne of grace in a flippant, jovial manner is to forget to whom we are speaking. And when we pray... We're addressing God Almighty, the creator of all things. We're taking, uh, talking to one who is absolutely sovereign, infinitely holy, gloriously beyond description. We must come into his presence with a spirit of reverence and holy fear. We must come before his presence with a desire to honor and to worship him. We come before him with a burning desire to lift his glorious name in praise. If nothing else is done when you pray, you should, first of all and above all, learn to enter his presence to worship his name. That's what Jesus was trying to get across to his disciples here. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
And then the last thing it speaks of is devotion. That prayer, hallowed be thy name, speaks of who God is. It expresses a desire on the part of the one praying to worship him for who he is and what he's done. I think it's also a petition to help in living out his holiness in our lives. We say, he's my father, my heavenly father. And I have been born again. I've been saved by uh, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He loved me so much that he gave his only begotten son that if I would believe in him, as I have, I will not perish, but I'll have everlasting life. And that's, a, that's something that should be very sobering to us in, the, in a sense. Yeah. And we need to come before him and realize that our lives are to be holy. No greater disservice done to the great and hallowed name of God than that done by those who claim to love and to worship him when their lives are less than they should be. And our greatest desire should be to live before the world in such a manner that they see Jesus revealed in us. Our lives are to hallow his name. Someone has said the only reason God leaves us here after we're saved is so that we can hallow his name before a lost and dying world. Now that's one thing that we need to, to do. And if we use his name casually and, and even as a curse word or a, uh, just an, in, an explanation, as I've already mentioned, we're not being a very good testimony before a lost and dying world. They need to see that we hallow, we respect his name. And that'll be a great testimony to them. And we should be able to write over every area of our lives the description or the inscription, Hallowed be thy name. And we can't write that over an area of our lives and that area of our life must be changed and brought unto the subjection of God's will. And all that I do, everywhere I go, the activities I choose, the habits I form, the music I choose, the friends I choose, whether it be in my body, my soul, or my mind, I am to hallow his name. When I can't do that, I really can't pray like I should. When I can't do that, my witness is going to be hindered. When I cannot do that, I must make some changes. And sometimes they might be radical changes in my life. When believers walk in disobedience to the will of God, they're guilty of taking his name in vain. You may not use his name as a curse word, but if you're not walking in obedience to the will of God, you're taking his name in vain because you're not hallowing his name. Hallowed be thy name is the prayer for God to be glorified by all, by all that I am and in all that I do. God's name is already holy. We can't make it any more holy. The only way I can hallow his name is through the life I live. So really, this little phrase, hallowed be thy name, is a call to reverence the Lord by honoring him for who he is, respecting and worshiping him when we pray. 
by living out His perfect will in our lives. I wonder how are we doing in the area of hallowing His name. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for who you are and what you've shown yourself to be in your word. Thank you, Lord, for your greatness and your, your love for us, even though we don't deserve it. And so often we don't live as we ought to. We don't talk as we ought to. And we're using your name in vain. And we confess, Lord, that our lives, in our lives we could do much better. In our prayer life, we could do much better. Lord, help us to hallow your name. Not only in the words we say as we pray, but also the lives we live. In the presence of our families and our friends. In this lost world. Bless this simple little lesson to our hearts tonight, we pray. In Jesus' name.